Happy Tuesday. My name is Alan. And my name is Nick. And welcome into the dungeon. This week we find ourselves back within the Dragon Barrow with shrewd shrubberies and their misfortunate adventures so far. We pick up in the corridor, almost leading directly back out, where a rather stressed out looking Fenner was awaiting Shrew and Fabian, who had been arguing over the demise of a magnificent skeletal steed which was short-lived. And as Shrew and Fabian approach Fenner, they heard the thick, dwarven accents coming from deep within where the other wing would be of this dragon-shaped mound. And this is where we pick up today. What is Shrew doing? Are you, do you want to try and perceive what is happening? Well, this is the last thing we needed. What are Norris and Dazzlin doing here now? We told him to wait outside. Well, well, I can only imagine something's happened. They, they oh, wouldn't be so foolish as to just wander in here. I hope so. Willy-nilly. They, they, were, they were very keen on, on, on visiting these ruins and, and checking them out. I hope they haven't got bored and just wandered in. Perhaps they wanted the, the weapon for themselves. No, no, I don't, I don't think they're that kind. But they are very inquisitive and they like the, the tombs and the dungeons. I imagine... They got bored. Let's let's go and check check it out. I hope no no harm has come to them. I want to from what I heard when they were talking, do I know where they're coming from? Where the voices are coming from? Yeah, from where you guys are at the moment, you're where this circular path sort of branches off into to your direct left, which would take you in a straight path back to the chamber where you found the the sword. And to your immediate right would be the entrance you came through. These voices that you recognize are coming from the opposite wing that you've now explored yet. Okay, I'll head off in that direction with my staff slowly, trying to check for traps as we go along. True shrubberies continue down this five-foot narrow corridor, carefully checking ahead for these traps that you've now become well, well accustomed to. I'm going to ask you to roll for investigation with advantage. You know what you're looking for now. That's a 16. Okay, and give me a perception check as well. We'll use the high of your passive perception and your active roll. 17. You're leading your party with the staff sort of tapping as you go along. Fen is a little closer than she's been in the the rest of this adventure. She's sort of almost holding onto your your cloak at this point and Fabian's holding up the rear with his new exquisite dragon slaying sword and this equally ornate short sword as well that you guys had found that one's at his side he's got a lit torch in one hand the shadows are flickering as you're walking down and you start to hear the familiar nagging 
that you've become accustomed to of your dwarves, who almost natter between themselves like a like an old married couple. And as you're searching with the staff and keeping a keen ear out, you hear in rather hushed tones. I know, Russ, I told you we should have gone down the other path. You damn fool. I will. You're the one that fell in the goddamn hole. Get. Gotta be careful. Drew doesn't seem to be here. And what, what's that light? And that's the gist of the conversation that you're getting. They're arguing over which path they should have taken to come and find you guys. And they see a light. What are you guys doing? Did you just hear what they said? Let's let's hurry up. I think they're in trouble. And I start running, still using my stick to see if I'm able to to find any traps. But I want to run towards them. So running down this corridor with your elven boots making no sound, despite the urgency that you're running down and scraping your, your staff along the floor, you do come across one of these pets that seems to have been triggered. You guys know exactly what you're doing here now. You, you can sort of shimmy round. You shimmy round the, the edge of this trap and you find yourself in this cavernous opening, similar in size to the one that you found with the skeletal steed. You burst into this 35 by 20 foot room with two of these sort of pillars again of earth and stone in between. Getting your bearings, you see that there's four sarcophagi, two on each side of the of this long room. And you see your two friends at the end, carefully inspecting one of the sarcophagi and still arguing amongst each other in, in muttered tones. Stop! Don't touch anything! I hear you, Shrew! Shrew, you... Are you did, guys okay? Did you see that light? Where did it go? I, I don't know. We, we followed it here, and then Come it towards me, slowly. Come towards me. And I start walking I, slowly towards uh, them. Both of us, or yes, just yes. Nordros? They both start slowly walking towards you. I slowly start walking towards them. Are you okay? I heard someone fell down a hole. Ah, yes, well, uh, Dazzlin here fell down the hole. Uh, are you okay? I just but a scratch. The, the impact of the fall hurt more. Really? It didn't have it didn't have swords, did it? The pit. Aye, it had one. Whoa. Lucky, lucky you. Fabian fell in one that had like four or five. Oh, poor, poor Fabian. Yes, indeed. I have you seen these magnificent tomb? Are these the heroes? What are you doing here? Oh well, we we we've got a bit sidetracked now, but um there appears to be some trouble ups, upstairs. What? What's Aye. going on? Is 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 William okay? I, I say, yes, Will, William is fine. Is as, Zanfar okay? And he's with Zanfar. Zanfar is a little little anxious. There's this black plume of black smoke coming from deep within the Neverwinter Wood. It seems to be a great fire raging. Hmm. I, we thought it best to, to come down and look for you, and we we came in, there was these two tombs we thought, well, <laughs> you know, we this isn't our first tomb. We came in and we knew the dragon here is not going to be in these ones. And then these lights came, and we thought, oh, maybe, maybe Shrew followed the lights. And, yeah, dazzling, yes. Yeah. And we followed them, and then they led us here, and we, we the trap. And then we, we found these four. Beautiful. Look at them. And we forgot what we were here. But we thought it was best not to shout. We use our heads. Well, mm. <laughs> I heard you from across the tomb. I don't know if you cannot shout. I don't know if you have that. A capability. Um, well, us dwarves don't know really how to how to whisper very well. I know. I, I, it's nervous. 
it's a little tight. This, uh, you... <sighs> well, it served you well up to now. Listen, let's quickly check these tombs. We each open one and we go. We go out. We see that Santa is okay and, and see what's going on. Well, there's uh, four tombs and five of us. I I call dibs on the one with the, the wizardy-looking symbol. Actually, let's open three first, and then we all go together to the last one. I don't want you guys opening anything by yourselves. Well, but we discovered them. We are... Fair enough, the... but I don't want anything to happen to you. We've been attacked various times now in this tomb. Those lights are dangerous. They almost killed Fenner. Yes, it was quite... Quite strange, but we do feel invigorated and empowered. Yes, but don't get too cocky. Oh, Arr, what's that sword you've got there? What a beaut! That is the sword of legend, Fabian. Present it. Yes, well, this is the... We've been able to establish this as the fable sword, and we learned that rather the, the hard way. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned to read things before um, just grabbing them. But it was tempting. This ball of light was, as Fabian sort of explained this, you see Dazzle and Norbus looking at each other, you know, like nodding and winking, and and you hear, like, under the breast, <laughs> probably it's this tomb. <laughs> you don't go touching things without having a, a good look first, uh, Fabian. Well, as I said, we have learned that the hard way. I believe Shu is, is right in his approach. We should carefully inspect these. I wouldn't want uh, each one of these to contain a a guardian like the sword and have all four of them come at us. I, I had to shed my blood for nothing. I had to give up my old sword, but now I have this exquisite piece of fine craftsmanship. Well, I'd be, I'd be interested to take a look-see once we're up and, and safe. So you're saying we open one at a time then, Fabian? That's not exactly what I meant, but that sounds like a better idea. But let's let's make haste. And we go to the first tomb that's closest to us. So this first sarcophagus, as you're looking at it, is more akin to the one that you found with the good lady and her sword. It's more ornate. It's got some carvings in this highly polished granite stone. And you see the what appears to be the symbol of a, a lute carved into it. And as you're inspecting this fine craftsmanship on the, on the stonework, you can see sort of, or rather more than see, you can feel Dazzler and Norbus eagerly trying to sort of not quite push past but they're they're really keen to to see this they're they are, you can see their eyes wide open admiring the stonework and almost this childish gleam in their eyes and again you see these scenes carved into it with the dragon and what appears to be the lady there and you see these other these other heroes for want of a better word it would appear that you are in the tomb that contains our companions and this first one, you see the name Sidru Salamar, written in common. Hmm, Sidru. I wonder what you were buried with. And I slide open the tomb. <sighs> this dust sort of lifts as you slide the, the heavy stone lid. There's a couple of this. That musky smell again sort of comes through. You see the remains of Sidru lying there. His leather armor rotted away, just little bits here and there left, but more importantly than the scraps of leather that remain, your eyes are immediately drawn to this exquisite looking cloak which remains intact, this deep royal blue hood still covering his skull. 
golden brooch where it attaches to the rest which drapes over his shoulders and body with this fine embroidery and stitching work and what almost looks like a little bit of chain and mithril sort of lining the top shoulders. You can also see that underneath the remains of the legs is this deep crimson red in contrast to the deep royal blue. Wow, look at this. This looks very fancy and intricate. Beautiful. I think this would suit you well, Fena. It is rather elaborate. But did you see anything written that we should perhaps take heed of this time? Sure. Mm-hmm. Or are you we already going to stop me reading any inscriptions? Who is this Cedro? Well, uh, he was one of those heroes from the party. We already gave our offering of blood and steel. Does she need one for each item? Do you see anything written? Uh, Dazzling Norbus. There, was, there didn't happen to be a uh, dragon skull or bones embedded in the wall over yonder. I know how well we didn't quite have a good look. We sort of stumbled in following the light and then it disappeared. And we saw that tomb just just opposite with this wizardy looking symbols of... They look like magic. But we didn't... And then we heard you come in. But no, I, I, I don't recall seeing a dragon skull or bones. We must hurry. Come and just... And I pick it up. Actually, Romeo, it's d20. Just, just for, for flavor. 18. 18. Okay. So you grab and yank this cloak from from Cidro, and the head sort of rolls off into the, you know, within inside the, the actual tomb itself. The, you, you hear, like, the bones from that were resting on top of it sort of clatter out. Everything stays within the, the actual sarcophagus. And you've got this beautiful-looking cloak now in your hands. See? Just a bit dusty, you know, of all the years, laying dormant. But look! I kind of, like you would with a quilt, air it and kind of shake it off twice. And I hand it over to Fena, encouraging her to take it. Well, uh, let me first offer my my thanks. I hope this will protect me as as it protected you in your battle against the dragon. Well. As it it seems to. Did it? Sure, please. I'm sorry, but he's lying there in the tomb. Well, they, they killed a dragon. Yes, but then we they barely were slain. killed the light. They were slain by the dragon. Well, they did. Well, no, she. Yes. Well, but uh, they, I, they I killed hope, the dragon. I hope it protects us more than it did you. Well, yes. Um, but thank you. Thank you for Let's your Let's go. Come on. And I run off to the next one. As I reach the next tomb, which is at the end of this chamber, do I see any skull? I may. I imagine I won't see a dragon skull because they just killed one. But do I see any inscriptions on the wall or anything of the sort? No, there's nothing there. Okay. As I reach the tomb, I kind of read over it to see who it belonged to quickly, like a quick skim, and open it up as well. And as Dazzler and Norbus had described, you know, you're, you're glancing at this tomb again, elaborate, same sort of scene that you've, you've seen on the other stone. You do see that there's this carving of a hand with this almost magical energy coming out of it. And you see the name Helix written on it. Well, Helix... Let's see what you are packing. And I open it up. So again, you slide this stone sarcophagus. You see the remains of this fallen hero. You see this golden chain around his neck. It's intricate craftsmanship with these tiny links. And lying over the ribcage, you see part of the necklace dangling down 
we see these little balls, these gems, which almost seem to be have this red and orange swirl inside them. As you focus more and more on it, you see that the swirls actually seem to be like moving inside, dancing, flickering, almost like a flame. Why? That looks like some good gold. Oh, this is beautiful. And I slowly pick up the chain. So as you're picking this up, I'm going to ask you to roll me a d6. That's a five. You reach in and grab this necklace delicately, a little more respectfully than you did with Sidro. Lifting it off Helix's head, you feel the cool touch of the gold that's been laying here for centuries. And as you're pulling it up, you notice that it's... you're seeing it clearer now. There's these eight beads hanging off it. And sure enough, as you perceived from it, it almost looks like these little flames dancing inside. And as one of them touches your skin as you're, you know, you're lifting it up and the beads are dangling, you feel that in stark contrast to the cool touch of the gold metal, these beads are warm and as it stays against your, your skin, it almost starts to burn, but not quite, just, it's quite hot. This is quite warm to the touch. I, I, I'm looking forward to having a good look at that. Enormous look. Yeah, take it. And I, I pass it to him. Oh, it is a little hot. Oh. I quickly rush off to the next one. I'm, I am closing these tombs, though, I, I should mention. As okay. I, as I leave. Respectfully, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Fenner again, you see her sort of giving her her thanks to, to this fallen hero. Fabian sort of looking around and just keeping a general eye out. He seems to be quite content with his swag that he's got in this tomb raiding. Roll me a d4, please. That's a two. So you reach this third sarcophagus now, and you see this emblem of an elongated shield with a sword, a long sword, and a battle axe crossing at it. And you see the name again written in common, Colbane. I open the sarcophagus. And again, the sound of stone and stone scraping against each other. And you see there the remains of this hero. Seems to have been a large man. Wide shoulders, tall even for what appears to be a human. Thick boned. And you see this beautiful golden necklace again dangling from his neck. But what catches your eye is not the red jewel in the center, but these magnificent and exquisitely carved dragon heads. One in the center, flanked by two on each side. These five dragon heads. Looking at it carefully, you can see that there's various colors on it. The center one, deep crimson red, flanked by deep, almost forest green, and an ocean blue, and then like an icy blue, and the last dark gray almost turning to black, like a fine, deep onyx color. Mm, look at this one, as I slowly take it out of it as well. So yeah, you grab this beautiful necklace. You see Norbus and Dazzle gleefully, like two little children in a, in a candy shop. What? <laughs> The riches is doom. Holds this, and, and this is just one room. Imagine what what else there is. I that crimson red stone just fled a little bit in purple. That was a that was quite quite a sight. I raise the chain above my head, slightly in front of me, and sway it from side to side. And Norbus and Dazzling, they, they stood there like almost being hypnotized. Their head sort of following the chain as it goes left to right. Who wants this? I, well, these are, we are no heroes. If these are no. great boons, this should be 
Just to inspect it, of course I'm gonna wear this. Look at it. You're going to look like what we call in the halls of the Mordin. In the dwarvish tongue, the Gijomas brother. The Gijomas brother? Yes, they, they are the greatest dwarves that have all these chains. For all their accomplishments. Wow. You already have uh, three. Perhaps you, you may want to split them up with your fellows. What if you fall in battle and what's the point of having them all? Yes, of course. No, don't worry about that. I was saying, if you who wanted to inspect it for now, oh, see what it does. Uh, you see one of the dwarves, you know, you see both these hands trying to, to gather it to, to have a good look at it. You see Dazzlin pulling out this little monocle. You see him sort of inspecting the, the fine craftsmanship. And from behind you, you, you sense almost the room has suddenly glowed and then disappeared again. We are not alone here. Be aware of your surroundings, I believe. The Will-O-Wisps are in the room with us. I saw a quick glow, and they tend to disappear into thin air from time to time. And they might be around. Don't let your guard down. Let's move quickly to the next one and get out of here. Fabian, keep a keen eye, please. And just as you say that, you hear, Oh, from Fabian. I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. Damn. That's 19 for Shrew. For Fena, total of 10. Now for Fabian. There we go. First natural one of the night. Total of two. <laughs> I'll roll for Dazzle and Anorbus. So yeah, that, sh- that cry that you heard out from Fabian was certainly one in pain. And at the top of the round is Shrew. I quickly turn towards Fabian. Fabian! I, wh- wh- this light came from behind me and... Uh, uh, it felt like that goddamn light again. Do I see the wisp? Do I see anything? You don't at the moment. Damn it. I'm gonna hold my action to cast Moonbeam when I see the light appear as a level 3 spell. Okay, and today we're gonna remember that you need to take a concentration check each time you take damage. Yeah. So Shu's holding his Moonbeam. Dazzlin and Norbus are actually next and sort of cornered in this part of the tomb. They're, they're, they're backing up. Get behind us! They've still got the this dragon-like um, necklace and the one with the warm beads. And as Dazzler and Norbus are backing up into that corner behind Shrew and Fenner, this ball of light does appear directly in front of Shrew. So I can now cast my Moonbeam. Yep. Which I do. And technically, as it's its turn there, does he have to roll a constitution save throw now? I'm... No, because he hasn't starts the turn he has to move into it so it'll be at the start of his turn plus you only see him as he has attacked you because he's invisible until he attacks so you've only seen him because you've suddenly felt this shock go completely past you and into the wall <laughs> that's the second natural one of the evening nice so it's over to fenna how is fabian looking fabian isn't looking too bad all right because he, we... he looks a bit winded but he's not he was, he was making a meal out of it then. He wasn't that hurt when he screamed like that. He was more surprised. Sho- he was more shocked. Shocked, literally. Fena is going to cast Guiding Bolt at that Will-O-Wisp that appeared underneath my Moonbeam. Yeah, okay, so that's a roll to hit. As a level two. Let's make it count. That's a total of 12. So she lets out this Guiding Bolt from, from her fingertips, concerned to not hit Fabian behind him, behind this darting and dancing ball of light and whoosh, it just smacks into the stone behind. Damn it, Fenner. It's over to Fabian, who can see this light now under your moonbeam. Does he have direct access to it? Can he get up to it? Square off to it? He can go around the pillar and meet it from behind. He does that and strikes it with his new found sword. Okay, so roll to attack. 
That's a 19 to hit. Actually, it would be with advantage because he's flanked. Awesome. Still a 19. So he swings this great sword with one hand because he's got the torch in the other. And it just nicks this light. Roll for damage. That's 13 damage total. This ball of light flickers, almost disappearing. It's there, bright, swirling around still within space, remembering that these are like tiny little ethereal sort of balls of light. Ooh, baby, first nat 20. Oh. First nat 20 of the night. Typically by you. <laughs> We're going to have to swap dice for a while. See if it's the, the person or see if it's the, the dice. What do the viewers think? <laughs> I know what I think. It's a person. <laughs> So from beside you, you know, you've got Fenner directly on your left hand side and Dazzler and Norbus behind you. You hear Fenner cry out as she takes 10 Oof, damage. Damn it. And with that, it's over to Shrew. Shrewby-dooby-doo. Uh, what you gonna do? Uh, um, as my action, I'm going to cast a cantrip. Poison spray. Ooh. I don't know if I've done this before, I think I have, but I'll read it out quickly. You extend your hand toward a creature you can see within range and project a puff of noxious gas from your palm. The creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d12 poison damage. This spell actually increases damage when I reach level 5, which I have, so that's 2d12. Ooh. Which one of these two dancing lights are you attacking? Is Will-O-Wisps. The one that has not been damaged yet, the one that just attacked Fenna, if I'm able to. Yeah, that's a nine total. Fails. So 2d12 with a cantrip. Not shabby. Not too shabby. At all. Is it shabby? Is it not shabby enough to take on the Thunderbore? Thunder elephant or elephant ball <laughs> what? or whatever it was that you saw in your visions. Do we have to? <laughs> do we have to take it on? But it was just a creature of the wilds that was just, you know, staying far away from civilization. Being summoned by orc shamans in your vision. Yeah. Definitely seems unnatural. Well, uh, there's too many things that are, are trying to kill us. Uh, that's how I cope with it. I just <laughs> kind of pretend they won't attack me. If I roll two 12s here, I'm going to be loving it. <laughs> I can't make this up. I just rolled two ones. Oh, what the heck? It's clearly the person that's cursed. Oh, my Lord. So, well, yeah. Two ones. <laughs> Two ones. <laughs> but you're going to be slightly happier because you realize that this creature seems to be totally unaffected. Oh my. By this spell. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. It's undead. Obviously, poison. <laughs> wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't kill it. Okay. What a waste of turn. I'll turn into a bear to hide my total embarrassment. So as you start channeling your inner wild beast, you start your transformation process of unleashing your wild side the wild thing that true often becomes. But as you're doing so, you realize that there isn't any space for such a large creature as a bear. And as I realize that, I quickly envision another animal of the wilds. This time a wolf, and I turn into one. Hey, good boy, good boy. You, you, you hear Dazzling and Norbus sort of a little bit shocked seeing you turn into this, this wolf. And that's as much as both Dazzling and Norbus do on their turn. And it's over to this ball of light that's directly in front of you, the one that Fabian had slashed. Constitution time. Constitution time. Uh, uh. Constitution time. Uh. Constitution time. Uh. What is it? Seven. Yeah, it fails. So that's a full brunt. Takes a full brunt of my 
Moonbeam. A, a third level spell, yeah. Third level spell. Ooh. So as a third level spell, I roll 3d10 of damage. You heard it here first. This is three ones. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Three fives. I mean, it's better than, <laughs> yeah. than two ones. So For that's sure. 15 damage altogether. Radiant damage. So this ball of light flickers faster and faster and faster and faster. Starts darting around and then disappears under the light of your moonbeam. Yes. But as you know, just because you can't see a wisp doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah, but I'm I'm quite confident that 15 damage from my moonbeam might have might have done it. We'll see. And that that pop didn't quite sound like him disappearing. It sounded more like him being obliterated. So it's a Fena. Fena is gonna cast Guiding Bolt. Try try it once more. This at level one or level two again? Level two. Roll to hit. Or not to hit. <laughs> that is a question. Seven plus six, a 13 to hit. That does not hit. <sighs> As again, her Guiding Bolt this time almost strikes the tomb of Helix. This light is darting and dancing over the place. And with that, it's over to Fabian. From his point of view, he can't quite see this second light. He's got the moonbeam in between Shrew, his dwarf companions, and he can see Fenner, but this ball of light is obscured from view from the pillar. Okay, he heard Fenner shout though, so he's gonna run back from where he came around the pillar and back to the side where Fenner was to see why she shouted. Yeah, he sees this ball of light dancing. And he drops the torch grabs the dragon sword with both hands and slashes at this creature. And he does so with advantage as it's flanked on both sides. That's a total of 25 to hit. Uh, what do you think? I think it hits all day long. So it surely does. That's 1d10. That's a total of 9 damage. Okay, is Fabian doing anything else? Yeah, almost disgusted with himself that... He didn't quite land the blow he thought he would. He goes again, and he's going to use his action surge to have another go at it. With advantage. 18 total. You know, disgusted with himself, as you said, drops the torch, grabs this beautiful sword with both hands, enraged, swipes, and misses. An 18. Almost catching it, but just narrowly missing it. And narrowly missing Fennel's just behind it. Not good. And with that, it's over to this ball of light. And you see that it goes and disappears from sight. Damn it. So it's a shrew. Wolf shrew. I want to try and use my action to perceive using my sense of smell as a wolf. Sense of smell and sense of hearing to see if I can figure out where this wisp went to. If I can catch maybe its scent and see if it's still in the room or it, it's just gone. Okay, roll for perception. With advantage because I'm a wolf. It's a total of 19. Yeah, you can smell the scent of death and rotting in the air, given that you opened three tombs. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't pick up the scent. Or... You, you, you do pick up a faint, slightly different smell of undead. Where? In the direction towards the entrance that you came from. All right, I run up to it. You can smell that it's 10 feet in front of you. Okay, I make a pose like one of those hunting dogs so that my party knows that I'm signaling towards the creature. One of, the, one of those hunting pointer dogs, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Fabian sort of looks bewildered at this new new shrew. I think shrew has found or caught a scent of this strange creature. <laughs> Don't you go looking at us. Um, we're staying right here. Over to Fenner. 
Fena is gonna move past Fabian to a place where she can see where True Wolf is pointing. Okay. She stops there and she's gonna hold her action, prepare her action as a spell, as a cantrip, Sacred Flame, in case she sees this creature appear again. Okay, so it was a Fabian. Fabian is gonna go up to where Shrew was pointing and... Is he gonna get in front of Shrew? I believe he would probably think that the creature is right in front of Shrew and he's gonna stop just in front of that space where Shrew is and slash there and hope to hit the creature. Okay, so roll to attack with disadvantage because you can't see what you're trying to attack. As far as Fabian knows, he's swiping a clean air. That's a 14 to hit. With disadvantage, not bad. His blade catches nothing but air and almost strikes the, the side of the the entrance that you came in from. This part of the tomb is quite dark now, having left his torch further behind and the two pillars now behind you. Okay, so it's true. Did I... Well, I'd have to do another perception check to see if he's still there, that creature thing. Yeah, roll for perception advantage. 21 total. 21 total. You can tell he's no longer where he was. You can feel the faint odour that you had picked up on ever so slightly as it appears to have gone through the wall of the tunnel in front of you. Then using my bonus action I'd like to drop my shape. Okay, so you're back to Shushu, but not Shushu, the Shushu. The, the halfling shoe. Halfling shoe. Can I speak? I'll say you can say a few words. It appears it has left the room. It's gone through one of the walls down the corridor. I don't know if it will be back or not, but perhaps we should open this tomb and, and get out. The last remaining sarcophagus. I'll keep, I'll keep watch on this entrance. And Fabian stands there. Your moonbeam is still where it was. You see Dazzler and Morbus. Hey, it's, it's gone now. All of that kafarful you were talking about, this light, and that was it. Well, you've just been cowering behind us. It's gone for now. It might return. Do not cross through that beam right in front of you. That will surely kill you. Go all the way round, past the pillar. Be very careful. Aye, what is that mystical light? That is one of my spells. It will decimate you. It will turn you into ash. Do not cross it. Hey, we want to see the, the, the tomb. Yes, it's the last Aye. one. Vivian, you're right there on your own. I can ready my hammer, but uh, you, you've seen me in action. Not yes. very good. Who are you trying to kid? Leave the fight into the professionals and we'll leave the tomb raiding to you Aye. so this tomb again you have a quick look at it and you see the symbol of a mace with almost this radiance coming off it carved into the stone and the name Sagara carved into it well Sagara sorry to disturb you but we need to see where you go I slide the tomb open <sighs> you see obviously the other remains of this this hero, tatters of the robe she would have worn, the chainmail, rusted and almost completely disappeared. But you see this magnificent shield lying on her chest, engraved with that same symbol that you've seen on the on the, on the front of the tomb. I pick the shield up. Is it heavy? It is heavy. Is it made of metal? It is made of metal. I pass it on to Fabian. I'm starting to think we should have perhaps come here first. <laughs> oh, yes. I suppose. Perhaps that is the design of this place. To fool you into taking the straight path and into certain doom. Perhaps, perhaps. I'm starting to think that perhaps we should have come with you, Norbus and Dazzling. 
you would have probably led us in a better path than we chose. Well, I wouldn't be too sure. We were, we were trying to look for you, and we followed the light. Yeah, not the smartest move. Well, we thought the light would lead us to you, given that we couldn't really hear much once we were in here. Well, I think we've searched everything that was to be searched. There's been some unfortunate incidents, but let's go. Let's go. Let's see what's wrong with Santa and William. I go quickly grab the torch and start making my way out. Okay, so as you're running back through your way to the exits, you can ask you to roll me a d20. That's a free. Okay, so you're leading the way with the rest of your party running behind you. You know, clanking and clinking. You can hear the chains and all this amazing loot you've found in this tomb. And as you're running, you, you almost feel one of your elven boots sort of slightly stick to the ground as you're running hmm. and then the other not what? enough to impair you from running enough to notice that something sticky appears to be on the floor do you continue running is this one of the tunnels we came in from yeah this is the entrance now you're basically running up to that pillar that with the paths that went round it with a tomb on each side in an alcove you know that the spiral staircase is just within your reach now you know it's behind that pillar I continue running. Give me a dexterity saving throw. And which path are you taking? Are you going left and around the pillar or right and around the pillar? Well, normally you always take the right path, right? You don't want to take the wrong path. So we're sticking to the right. Okay. Dexterity. Yeah. Natural 20. Nice. So you manage to carry on running. The rest of your party following behind taking the right path you now see the the stairwell in front of you the daylight breaking through the otherwise dark room only lit by the torch that you're you're carrying and as you're you're running and i'm assuming here that you're beginning to make your ascent through the, the spiral stairwell yeah yeah we just want to carry on running until we get to something so you, you carry on running up and you hear dazzling saying hey, did anybody else notice that sticky black stuff on the floor hey I'm not too sure what that was. Yes, yes, just don't mention it and carry on running. Hey, don't look back. These little legs. You guys run up and you now break up into the hilltop of this mound. This dragon mound. You feel the cold bite of the air. And you notice this burning smell. Remembering what Dazzling and Norbus had told you. You quickly survey the immediate area. You see at the bottom of the mound, you do see Xanfa and William safe. But you do see, to the east, this great plume of dark black smoke. Give me a... give me a survival check with advantage. That's a total of 17. You're studying this plume of dark black smoke. Your eyes sort of darting between William and Xantha and this plume of smoke. You can see it's a significant distance away. It must be great fire within the, the Neverwinter Wood. You start sort of looking towards the path that you came, where you'd followed the river before heading south, looking towards the woods, and judging by the distance that you're kind of calculating here, doing the math in your head, worried, concerned, as you realize that this seems to be the approximate direction of Falcon's Lodge. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were going to kill the Falcon. I knew it. I just knew it. <laughs> Damn it. No, I gotta go there. <laughs> I can't leave that guy die by himself. 
Oh my. It's after you to what to do. I'm just... The world continues around you. Damn, Falcon. It's up to you to decide what to do. It's certainly not at Tybo's Lodge, which I assume you probably wouldn't have... I wouldn't have given two hoots about. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. But the fire does seem to be coming from that direction. You know that in that general direction is Falcon's Lodge. You know that only a short trip away is also the Stone Circle and the Mance. That sort of deadly triangle. I'm afraid that perhaps Falcon is at least in grave danger and the most dead. That fire seems to be coming from his lodge. I... I murdered his beard. But oh, he's a good fighter. I'm sure that he would have got out alive. I hope you, so. Your stories on, on our journey about his prowess in battle. And if he's not, then surely he will go to the great halls of whoever he... whichever deity he, he serves. I worry for his stable hand and I worry for his servant. Hopefully they've gotten out alive, but my biggest worry is that Fandalin is next. We need to make haste. We have wasted too much time in this forsaken tomb. Let's go. I start running down the hill towards Santa and William. Okay, so you guys are all running down. Your your party's taking your, your lead here. Running down this barrow towards Xantha. Turns his head seeing you. William also turns his head. Oh, you guys made it out of the tomb. Have, have you seen that great fire? As I run towards him. Yes, we have to make haste to Fandling. And I come. To Fandling? No, I will not go to Fandling. I'm not even listening. I'm running towards him. And when I get close, I want to try and leap on him to ride him. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm doing that, as I'm running and trying to leap on him, I'm saying, Fandling is surely next. Falcon's Lodge has been attacked. Well, perhaps they just want to... What on earth are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Xanth is this large beast, and you're this little halfling. So I'm going to say, you're going to have to give me an acrobatics check with disadvantage here. As I'm doing that, could I kind of slap my chest and cast guidance on myself? Okay, I'll allow it. So I would get an extra d4 and add it to my roll. To your disadvantage roll? Yeah. Ah, that's a shame. That's a total of four. (laughs) Yeah, this great big heaving half horse, half humanoid, you know, with this sword on his side and his massive glaive. He looks concerned that he sees this, you know, this flurry of red locks and wizardy hat and pointy elven boots and sort of bundling through the air as he sort of with his glaive just shimmies to the side and sends you you know softly tumbling onto the floor he hasn't struck you but he's sort of like blocked you what on earth are you doing i said i'm fandling is nothing to me but the woods my kin i must go north of the river and see whilst we are rather lonesome but and live alone, but I must warn others if the woods are in danger. I will cross the river to the north, north of Neverwinter, and, and find my find my kin. I I know not of Fandolin, no. The woods are my home. 
I'm sorry, my friends. I'm glad I had hoped that, that perhaps together we would take back my home in, in the stone circle, but uh, that fire seems to be from that direction. Be it the lodge that you said. I believe I know this gentleman that you speak of, but I am no creature of a city. My home is the wild and the woods. I, I must go, but I'm going north. You are free to join me, but I'm afraid I will not be joining you to Fandolin. And please, I am not to be ridden. I, <laughs> I slowly, embarrassed, stand up whilst I kind of dust myself off. <clears throat> yes, apologies. I, I was quite in. I, I, I was in quite a rush. I fought your horse for a second. I, I do apologize. But let me tell you, you sought us out, and we gave you aid when you needed it the most. You wanted us to protect your circle, to capture your circle back, to take it away from those orcs. And we were going to do it. We were going to help you out. Well, we never actually spoke about that until now. Well, that was our intent. That's why we were sticking together. We need help now. The, the circle is probably gone. These woods are in danger. And they will continue to be in danger whilst this threat remains. I Not agree. only these woods, I, the I woods agree. in the I, north I agree. Also. But I will rally the centaurs, and we will mount a charge. So The woods we will take. We can count with your aid and that of your center friends. Well, we will defend. We'll try to defend the woods. It will take some convincing on my part, because, as I said, we are generally rather lonesome, but we must band together and fight for our freedom. Well, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I only see this sending one way. Well, you, you have your fight with a dragon, you said? And I will go on and see what I can do. Who knows, with the fire that large, perhaps even Neverwinter sends its men to the woods or hides behind its walls and prepares. I know not. You say Fandolin, perhaps Neverwinter's next. I, as I said, I must bid you farewell, my friends. Thank you for sharing your fire. And thank you for your intent to take back the stone circle, even though we had... Will you really discuss it now? But if you ever see a center in the woods, you tell them that you know Xanth. And with that, he sort of turns with a nod and starts galloping across the plains towards the north of the river. Well, we are now stuck with a slow and dumb ox. <sighs> sorry, sorry, William. <sighs> Let's ride. Let's go. Let's go to Fandling. Hopefully Falcon will be there. And with that, shoe shrubberies continue making their way down the high road you find your way down from the barrow make your way to the road walking down with William pulling the cart and the supplies that you had brought back from Bartham I'm going to say that as you guys are riding in the cart you know this is it's going to take you at least two days to get back to Fandlin even on the road so I'll say that you can take turns taking a short rest on the wagon as you're walking during which you can spend some time inspecting the these gifts that the fallen heroes had left from the, the fight with the, the dragon. He also notes that this cold, biting wind sort of whipping across the, the plains coming from the Sea of Swords. The sky is quite clear and as the hours pass whilst you're making your way down, the sun starts to fade. You recognize that within a few miles you'll be coming to the crossroads that take you onto the tribal trail which will eventually take you back to Fandalin. But before we continue that journey, would you like to tell me who was inspecting what on their respective 
little rests. Fabian would have been inspecting the short sword and the shield. Would you like to read those out for our audience? Plus one short sword. This magic short sword is coveted by thieves and assassins alike. You have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this weapon. While holding the short sword, you can use a bonus action to cause a weapon to shed bright light. Well, that would have been useful in a 10 foot radius and dim light for an additional 10 feet or to extinguish the light. All right. And the shield is a plus one shield. While holding this shield, you have a plus one bonus to AC. This bonus is in addition to the shield's normal bonus to AC. Very good. So I, so I think Fabian is kitted. I mean, Fabian is kitted for the for the dragon fight. I think he's, he's ready. Fena would be inspecting the cloak that she was wearing. Cloak of protection. Plus one to AC. Plus one saving throws. Nice. While wearing the cloak. Awesome. And that requires attunements. I've let Norbus and Dazzling inspect the the necklaces, one each. I know they're keen to do so and it, it would probably make that day. Yeah, it's metal work and yeah. jewels and they very much appreciate that. As I said, you could see their, their wide eyes as, as they were keen on studying it. So Fenner, you know, shares that information with, with the party of this cloak, as has done Fabian. Dazzler and Norbus are grinning ear to ear. They've both sat in the, the cart together, exchanging notes and exchanging necklaces from hand to hand. And they're very excited, very excited indeed. Oh, shuru, shuru. Well, oh, what do we have there? This, uh, these, these are no ordinary necklaces. No, I can tell from the Oh, no, no, no. But I'm not talking about the fine craftsmanship. This one, this one with the eight beads and the dancing flames, appears to have magic in it. Hmm. It is a necklace of fireballs. Fireballs? Yes. And he hands over this necklace to you. You can read out to the audience, and you had rolled a total of eight with the modifier, so your necklace has eight beads on it. <laughs> so the necklace of fireballs, I can use an action to detach a bead and throw it up to 60 feet away. When it reaches the end of its trajectory, the bead detonates as a third level fireball spell. Save DC 15, nice. You can hurl multiple beads <laughs> or even the whole necklace. Wow, that's going straight down the dragon's throat as one action. Wow, that's crazy. When you do so, increase the level of the fireball by one for each bead beyond the first. Right, that's awesome. Yeah, that could be a lot of these sexes. Yeah. And if you remember our goofed meme, you yeah. don't roll to hit. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to save. And the second necklace. Hey, and the second one, the one with the dragons on it. Quite a, quite a coincidence, I would say, seeing you fighting a dragon. But then again, it is the dragon's barrow. And they did slay a dragon. Yeah, not a coincidence at all, then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the insignia of the claws. Mm. And from what I've been able to determine from this, what is you wear it? You'll get a plus one to your attack and a plus one to your damage with unarmed strikes and natural weapons. And these attacks will be considered magical. Mm -hmm. Which means, I know I've, I've seen you now turn into a wolf. Uh, you will carry over to any natural attacks that you, yes. you carry. Bear Shrew just got an upgrade. And this, you remember Shrew, we said 
Yes, no, no. Was it you? I, uh, I can't remember the excitement. No, no, no. It, uh, it doesn't matter. But that purple light. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Purple light. Purple. Light. The jewel. This crimson jewel in mm. the center. When you're in combat, it will turn purple, flashing and glowing in purple. Hmm. So that's why it turned purple before. Hmm. Can can you hand them over? I will need these to slay the dragon. Hey, you are the leader of this party. Come, come. By Moradin's beard and his blessing. Here. Nobis puts the first chain. Dazzling comes up. Ayir, by Moradin's beard. The Kijama's brother. The brother must kill. Hey. I kind of stand up with my chest slightly puffed up. I'm, I'm imagining we're on the cart, like me, Norbus, and Dazzling. We are small. Yeah, so you guys are small enough to be with the supplies. I kind of stand up, puff my chest slightly up, put my foot on one of the barrels we're carrying back, take my hat off, shake my head so that my curls... Your, yeah, your, your red locks yeah. waving this cold, biting wind. And I point towards Fandling. Towards Fandling! Towards our destiny! And towards immortality! Oh, sure. As magnificent as I must say you look with those chains. And, uh, Kilo Masubra. I, I do not speak Dwarvish, but... Um, you do worry me. You are rather brazen. I do not think those chains will make you immortal. But to Fandolin we must go. I must make sure that my, my kin and Norman God finally got a chance to meet them. But it was important to join you in this, this quest and hopefully rid... The mountains of this dragon. Fear not, Fena, we shall deliver you to your kin, and you shall forever stay beside them. Yes, I'm, I'm keen to learn more of their ways, and I suppose my ways. The Kizorada has spoken, and I kind of lift my hand towards my moustache, and slowly twirl the side of it, and I keep my gaze affixed on the horizon towards Fandor. The cart journey continues. The sun now is starting to fade fast. Roll me a, a d20. 15. 15. As you continue down the, the road, you notice an assortment of almost, almost looks like bits of wreckage to you. Almost as if a cart or something that's been transported or maybe looted. Something seems to have gone on here. But as you're on the cart, even, you know, you're... William is pulling this cart and you stood there, red curls and locks blowing in the air, dancing the wind, and your eye catches a glimpse of this red bottle. And you recognize the shape and style of this bottle, but it looks a little bigger, a little more ornate. Oh, nice. You leap down from the cart, you know exactly what this is. You find a greater potion of healing. Yes. From... <laughs> Neil Ravios, Neil kindly Ravios. donated by Neil Ravos on Buy Me A Coffee. Thank you so much for supporting our adventure. Thank you. This is going to help tremendously. As you're making your way back to the cart, you see a smaller bottle alongside the wreckage that you recognize as a potion of healing. We, we won't turn it down. We'll take it. This potion has a label and in a fey language that you, you can understand... You see that its markings say Valerie's Apothecary. And you have received another potion kindly donated by our Buy Me A Coffee supporters. So a big shout out and thank you to Neil 
and Valerie. Thank you very much. And I'll make sure I use these potions well. And as a matter of fact, I'll hand the larger one to Fabian and the smaller one to Fenner. Very nice. I stay by the ox and I carry on walking, letting someone else to take a rest now. Okay, so you're walking now. Are you sort of like caressing William or speaking to him? Or? Whilst I was up there, before I did that whole show, I had done the ritual for speak with animals. So I'll talk to William a bit, make sure he's doing okay. He seems fine. A little tired from pulling all this weight. A little bewildered. As you're communicating with him, the light is ever fading. You're now at a point where you know you're going to need to make camp soon. But you know that the crossroads to the, the tribal trail are near. And you can see now where the road veers off. Just to the side of it, you see, it appears to be a small campfire. And that's where we're going to leave tonight's episode. Oh, who's at that campfire, I wonder? So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's been a, it's been one of those where the GM, I, I always say, <laughs> you, you, you never really know what to expect. And there's been some surprises along the way, which if you want to know a little more about, you're going to have to come and support us on buymeacoffee.com slash i2td to get all the after show good stuff but fear not hardy adventurer for you we still have the end of the episode club to come that's correct say stay tuned for that remember to visit us at i2td.com where you find all our links as nick mentioned buy me a coffee we'll have uploaded a recap of this session and today we have something special for you we're going to play you a little clip from the horse's mouth itself, or rather the manticore's mouth. Mm. Is it Zulthas? Maybe. No, <laughs> for it is the tail of the manticore. Nice. Our new friends, go check them out. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. So yeah, that's the Tale of the Manticore. Go check them out. We've got the links in the description of this episode. And we're doing a ad swap, so we have a our own little skit that we've recorded and perhaps we will share at some point with you guys here as well but if you want to hear it first go and listen to the tale of the manticore and so you know where that brings us my friends the end of the episode club the last one standing and now at episode 24 there's no need to explain what's going on you're the heavyweights now yeah you are the heavyweights i still think the undisputed champion though the king of kings the king of kings or as uh, dwarven friends would say, the Kijomasrada, of the last one standing, is Bardock. Will anyone dethrone him this week? Bardock terms, it's impossible to dethrone him this week. I mean, unless they go back to the whole... Uh... No, but I mean, like, to get there first. Oh, right. Right. Because usually, I get the notification that the episode has scheduled on time, unless I goof, like I did this week. This week in recording. Remember, these are pre-recorded. But I goofed. Those of you who follow us on Twitter will know what I mean. I was made to stand in the corner and think about what I'd For done. For a whole day. He pissed his pants 
no, no. multiple times. Oh, you had to go and share that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, for the ado, tonight's password is smarter than the average bear. <laughs> and with all that nonsense behind us, we bid you farewell as we delve into, into the dungeon. dungeon.